Assalamu alaikum, this is Muslim Health Talk. What does that mean? Our health has to do with nourishing our body, nourishing our mind, nourishing our soul, and nourishing our heart. And a really great way of doing this is keeping an eye on what the Prophet did and following through his footsteps with things that we learn in today's world as well. Thank you for joining me. Bismillah. Allah, please increase us in knowledge. So, yes, a few days ago, I had the pleasure of being on um, Sister Zakia Ali's podcast, uh, Muslim Parents and Spouses, and she had asked me to come in as a guest to speak about how to eat healthy or, you know, focus on healthy foods for Ramadan and iftar. So, just had that recording for you guys to listen to. Hope you guys benefit. Inshallah. Happy Ramadan. Maliha Mahmoud. So she is a natural health consultant for over 15 years. She helps Muslim family, families and individuals find nourishment and balance in their diet. And inshallah, taking them on the road to healing. She has studied many different sciences of natural healing over the years, such as horticulture, tib, homeopathy, and nutrition. So that's a very extensive um, bio. And alhamdulillah, I know that uh, I can vouch for Malia because she has given me so much great tips. And over the years, she has shared things that I still use up till today because it has been so beneficial. And so um, alhamdulillah, she does a lot of research. Whenever I speak to her, she's just like, has something else new to say because she's a she's continually studying about these things so alhamdulillah i'm so glad you're sharing it with us so maria before i start you know put going right into the questions do you want to tell me um anything before i start drilling you with all the things i want to ask um uh, not really uh, maybe just my um my own personal background i can tell you why i'm so such an advocate for finding some sort of balance in your life and um, gaining it from what we eat and what to avoid more than following one specific diet. So I've been through this journey myself over two decades, right? We've all had ailments and and health issues. And so in my journey, um, I figured with a lot of research and a lot of classes and studying and testing that there is a way to go on that road of healing. Um, And that is why I feel so compelled to help others out there, especially the Muslim community. I feel like they are in need of it, right? With our our diets of, um, or our traditional food, that is totally not what should be in our diet. And I understand that we're used to it, but we need to kind of take a step back and look at it and see it for what it is. But before I start, I should have probably um, said a, a dua. Rabbi Shakhli Sadri wa Yasirli Amri wa Ilma, which means, Oh Allah, increase us in knowledge because it is from Him that we are able to um, learn things and apply things in our life and, and gain from them. So um, you can um, ask the questions. Go ahead. Sure. So I guess um, I know this is a very basic question, but I I think it's really good for us to understand what are the benefits of fasting 
because I know sometimes uh, some people can, and I know when I was younger, it was almost like you dread it, but then when you learn the benefits, right. you actually really feel that I know why I'm doing this. And it sort of gives you that motivation to, to do it the best way. So I thought you could share that, please. Definitely, definitely. I mean, we know that, mashallah, fasting is one of our fara'ids, right? So it's an obligation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed upon us. And and if we know nothing else, we know that Allah has so much wisdom in each of his fara'ids, right? From zakat, giving alms to others, for, uh, to prayer every day, five times a day for a specific reason. But fasting is it has also its benefits. And when we look at it um, in a Muslim perspective and we say, yeah, this is what we have to do, abstain from food, so we know how people feel and we feel the pain of, of those that don't have and we're more likely to give zakat and all the reward that comes with it, of course. That's wonderful and it, it does make sense and it does help us get through fasting for 30 days. But, you know, um, and of course we know that our intention, right? Our intention is supposed to be to fast because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has obliged us to do it. But we're human, right? We need certain um, motivations and um, certain pushes to kind of um, allow us to or, or motivate us to, to want to fast and get um, excited about it, especially our young people. So there are a lot of scientific back, um, benefits that have maybe recently come out, but we've known it forever, right? We just by becoming healthy through it. One of the major things is that when we fast and we fast for about 28 days, we are detoxing our body. It's like a total detox. So while you're avoiding food and drink for 16 plus hour, your body is going through a complete detox and releasing all of its toxins of course, your body is waiting for you to um, consume and put in, right, input healthy foods. So we have to remember that if we want to get the most of, out of our detox, we need to follow a healthy intake as well as getting rid of all the detox, the toxins, right? Um, we know that if we do it properly, um, scientifically, it's shown that we can lose weight. And when we're fasting, we actually hold on to muscle. We don't lose the muscle. And if we if we add in in our day, just like a breezy five, you know, 25 minute walk, that's not too strenuous. We actually gain muscle from it and a lot more than we would have if we weren't fasting. Fasting does a lot. You know, there's so many things I can talk about. I think I'll just list it for now so we can go on to all the other uh, questions. But it helps you focus, right? It helps you focus when you go on an extended time without eating. Your brain goes into survival mode. Now, this may sound bad, but it's actually really excellent. Survival mode means that your brain becomes hyper-focused. So it preserves all the energy for whatever the task is at hand that you want to focus on. So instead of like on a regular day where we are, um, we have so many things on our mind and we have so many things we want to take care of and we feel flustered when we are fasting, we actually don't feel this way. 
we focus, we have focus, and we can get something done. We can focus on, on you know, maybe for if, if the young, when the young people are saying, oh, wait, no, I can't fast. I have so many exams. I need to um, hold my energy and be able to do well on the exams. Actually, scientifically, you are better off being on a fast when you are having an exam because then you are able to focus and put all of your energy on those exams only and not worry about other things. You feel younger and you actually just don't feel younger, but you do you you start becoming and looking younger because you go through this cellular rejuvenation which occurs during your fast. Something called autophagy happens to your body and autophagy is a process where old cells start eating up um sorry old cells are eaten up by the new cells and it makes the new cells into a more robust into a more powerful and more efficient cell this is why you feel really energized right after a week of fasting you don't feel exhausted or you don't feel like um you can't do it it takes you about five days to get into the rhythm but once you're in the rhythm after a week, you're like, I can take this on for another for another two weeks, three weeks for sure. And and we know that for sure because most of the people, most of the Muslim community who fast are not not all of them are on the optimal health, but yet they are able to fast for 30 days. So right there is your evidence, right? It increases your life lifespan. Duke Medical Research states that the only experimental approach that increased the lifespan of animals with cancer was continuous fast. Restricting calories for multiple days at a time, there was actually a 30% increase in their lifespan. So um, it improves memory and learning um, because ketosis is burning you, we go through a process of ketosis after six to eight hours when you when you sleep, then your body starts going through a process of ketosis, which means that um, you start burning fat, right? But on our normal days, when we sleep for six to six, six to eight hours, we wake up and we start eating. So then we don't go through that process of ketosis, right? But when we when ketosis happens and it's burning the fat that releases chemicals called ketones in the brain, ketones trigger the release of important molecules, right? And this is really important for learning and memory. A few other things I can think of is. Um, uh, you burn fat without moving, right? You you don't have to strenuously exercise. If you do, of course, there's so much more potential in it, right? Um, and you you tone up your body, and you uh, not only lose the fat, but um, when you're fasting, you actually don't have to make that effort of moving so much. So. Inshallah, like all of this can motivate us to, to fast, not just for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, definitely first and foremost, but kind of get us started and get us excited. Wow, you should have told me to bring my notebook so I could write down all that. <laughs> Alhamdulillah, it was quite extensive and it's very scientific also. And I didn't even know that about the cancer, you know, because... I know people who have cancer, they normally don't fast. And 
I wondered, um, is it then when we tell our kids, hey, um, you should have breakfast before going to school because it's going to make you think better, is that sort of not correct then? Actually, there's absolutely no research on breakfast being the most important meal of the day because oh, we're God. told that, right? We're told that, yes. but it's not. It's not. You. The last thing you want to do is have a large breakfast or anything, you know, have a heavy breakfast where you are now forcing your digestive system to work harder and expend more energy, the energy that you actually need to move on and get through and start your day, right? So I, I personally do not have breakfast first thing in the morning. If I have anything, I'll have warm cup of water with maybe a spoon of apple cider vinegar, which is really good for your system first thing in the morning. And I drink as much water as I can. And I like having warm or hot water because it's it's a lot uh, gentler on your body. And that keeps me fine for until like around 10, 10.30. And then I'll have a really wholesome meal. I think, I mean, I'm assuming that breakfast was was made up because of all of the um, sugary, you know, cereal and 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 pan pancakes and waffles and sugary stuff that needs to be sold, right? To have another market of being able to sell all these things. Back in the days, our great grandparents had two meals a day. There was no three meals a day, and there was no snacking in between. So. Um, I'm not a fan of breakfast unless it's it's called um, iftar. <laughs> so you know what I mean, or sahur, um, and you're opening a fast by doing it. Um, and it's I don't believe it's 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 actually good for you if you add in sugary things, even coffee if you're going to add like so many spoons of sugar. Yeah, no, I mean. I guess also it depends on certain people because I'm also not a big breakfast person and I will basically I cannot eat so early and I notice um, some of my kids are like that too um, but you're right definitely no sugar in the morning because then you're going to get that crash right you're going to get that crash yeah. in the afternoon and I think that's and also even with caffeine um, I notice if I go I actually cut out coffee already um so I started, I used to have a cup of coffee, sometimes two, and that would last me right up till lunchtime because I have cream in my coffee. But with Ramadan coming, I, you know, to prevent migraines, I also cut that out. So it's like we do need to do some preparation for Ramadan, even though we can't just jump into it because the worst thing, I think you're the one who told me this, Malia, was that don't shock your body right? Because you can't just now go do a whole lot of different things in Ramadan. You got to sort of do things gradually, right? Right, exactly, exactly. When when we're asked to to fast, we're, we're just abstaining from food and water. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not making it difficult for us for where we can't do it. He's not like introducing a totally new um, fad diet that our body is not used to, right? We, our body is used to a certain way of eating for decades. Now, if we bring in some sort of uh, diet all at once and we go, go cold turkey, we will have a shock in our body, we will have some sort of side effect that might harm us. So I, I'm not a big fan of diets. Um, I'm a, I'm, I advocate bringing in one change, taking out one 
negative thing and slowly getting your body used to and finding out really what your body needs. Now, when we, when we talk about breakfast and we want to know, is it really natural, right? Is it something we should have? If you ask your five-year-old or your four-year-old or your two-year-old who are so much closer to the fitra, who are so much closer to innately just knowing what's good for them, what they really want without having all of the advertisement around them, little kids will never wake up and, and like beg for food, right? Never ask for breakfast. Most of them will avoid breakfast. And moms are going around wondering what's wrong with their child. There's nothing wrong with their child. They're more in tune with their body than we are. We're actually out of tune because we are, we have been told, we have been um, sort of brainwashed to understand this is what we need. This is what we should do. This is what we should eat because there's so much out there just in our face. So, um, yeah, um, I'm sorry, I, I, I lost track of track of my thought, but um, that is, yeah, that that's definitely, yeah. But if you have your coffee, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you avoid the sugar that actually will mm. will 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 give you a negative impact um, throughout yeah. your day. Well, I'm just not wanting to get that caffeine withdrawal, but alhamdulillah, I mean, if you can do things and it's not going to cause you a hardship, then why not, right? Right, so, right. Maybe you can give us so I think I think most of us want to know what type of foods are good at Sahur. And um definitely gonna ask you that for Iftar as well. But let's start with Sahur. What would you suggest? Uh which so foods for, and why? For Sahur, I would if you feel like you need definitely eat something for Sahur, right? If if you feel like you'll be okay, at least wake up and, and get that reward of drinking water and having a little bit something. But if you know for sure that you need that meal for Sahur and it, otherwise in the middle of the day, you're going to be hungry, make sure you eat something that is light, right? Light in the sense of it is, it is, it's not too protein dense because when you have something that's protein dense, your body has to work extra hard to digest it. And you don't want to be awake for the next few hours because you need those few hours of sleep. You've been standing on Tarawe. You need those few hours so you can get up the next morning and go to work and pray your Fajr and, and not miss any of those things, right? So you want to focus on things. And But if you know you need the protein, then eggs are definitely something really good to, um, to consume. Eggs are very easy to digest and they have lots of protein and they're really good for you and they keep you full. So that's one thing that I would totally suggest. Another thing would be like, if you feel eggs are too much, you're just not a fan of eggs, try oatmeal with chia seeds, fruits, and some nuts, right? You want to add the chia seed because chia seed, um, you want to, you want to put it in there and you want to, um, add some sort of, um, liquid form right so you want to either add uh, milk into your oatmeal or water beforehand so you have to do it like 15 20 minutes before and you can do it right before you go to sleep and make this little mixture and leave it there and chia seed is filled with the nutrients that your and vitamins that your body needs the oatmeal will keep you regular right? So when we're fasting, because we don't take a, in a lot of water, sometimes we become constipated and we don't feel well. And we don't want that, right? And we can't always control what we eat for iftar, but we can always control what we eat for suhoor. So adding 
oatmeal to your sahur will keep you regular and you won't have to deal with those bloating and, and difficult issues, right? And you add the, the fruits to give it some sweetness, right? So you can avoid sugar. And the nuts are there for protein. And as long as you keep it balanced, that is a perfect like perfect meal to have in uh, Suhoor. Another thing you can do is if you've made soup for iftar and it's a wholesome soup with veggies and you know beans that you've soaked overnight and maybe a little bit of meat in there and even even some some bread with it you could have you can warm up that soup that's left over and enjoy it for Suhoor. Um, a lot of people will say you know what about what about um, salads? Salads or greens, right? I would stay. I would. I would keep it. I would eat a little bit of greens during um, during your fast uh, because have, taking in too much greens um, it is difficult on your body because your body has a has a difficult time breaking it because it has um, uh, raffinose, which is uh, a product that your body does not have the enzymes to break down. And so that's why when someone says, I'm going to eat X amount, so I'm going to eat greens and I'm going to eat salad all day long, unless their body is able to break it down and they're okay, it can cause a lot of gassiness and bloating. And it doesn't necessarily fill you up unless you have other things with it. So if you want to eat a salad, yeah, make sure that you have some nuts, some seeds that are nutrient dense, um, some dried fruit in there. And um, then that would, you know, a little bit of, of meat would be okay too, but not too much. And those are the, the four really, you know, great, wholesome, like really complete meals that I can think of. Wow, there's so many things you said. It sort of contradicts a few of the things I had learned. And, and there's so much information out there for us that I think that we are in some way confused because I did not know um, when you mentioned about maybe having too much protein in the morning, um, it sort of won't make you, you know, be able to make you have so much energy and you won't be able to sleep. It's so funny. It's like you, food is such a science. We should actually learn that and what it does to our body. And that, subhanAllah, should be like, take, we should take a parenting course, uh, a marriage course, and a healthy food course, and a first aid course. Exactly. Like, <laughs> we just thrown into these roles and we're supposed to figure it out. And I'm like, what? Yeah. what? No, like we study to become other things and to have a career. But the most important things in our lives, we're just like, we we in the dark. So, okay. That, that, that is really so good. true. No, that is really <laughs> true. I mean, mashallah, like, um, I think because of our, our lifestyle, we we don't have the time. But yet we're thrown into this, when we get married, we're thrown into this, um, very rewarding position, but very overwhelming position as oh, well, right? As mothers and caretakers. And it's not just your kids, it's the whole household you're in charge of. And then all mm. of a sudden you need to start learning how to take care of this stage of life and then that stage of life. And then all oh, you forget about yourself. And yeah. so I feel like I've been through this journey for so many decades that I feel compelled to just put that info out there instead of having so everyone go and do the research, right? Yeah. And your your position is is awesome as well because you are able to guide the young that are either getting married or want to get married or just married and letting them know, hey, I don't want you to have those issues that I had. 
I want you to have a balanced marriage and life. And so I hope that all the Muslim women out there out listening will, will come and take advantage and, um, and follow us, for, you know, because it's not just that we, it's not just info that we're giving, it's info that we know that we trust, that we've, we've tested and tried and we want to put it out there. And um, as Muslims, the, we're, we're not just obligated, but we, in, our intention is to help and to provide guidance because that is how people used to learn back in the days. It wasn't from right. someone the same age as you. It should always be that you know someone a couple of decades or older. And even though I don't want to admit it, I am getting old. My kids will always tell me as they're adults now. Uh, so, so it's our position to give uh, down to, to, to the, the younger generations, yeah. right? I so agree because in the modern societies, the elders have, um, we sort of dump them in institutions too because they, you know, make our lives harder when you actually fact they can give us so much um, advice because what I've learned is I could read a million books. I could read, I could take a million courses. What has helped me the most is my experiences and, you know, then the other things supplement it. So it's so true. So we have a quick question here from Sister sure. Tahira Muslima. She says, would you consider um, watermelon juice and coconut water for hydration as a good option? Um, definitely. Watermelon juice and, and coconut water is definitely a good source of hydration. Now, if, if you have, watermelons can be um, on the sweet side, if depending on what season you were in but for the most part it has a lot of water and that's what you want to take in when you open your fast right so we haven't spoken about what foods we should take in when we when we when we do our iftar but yes those are great options okay so i guess you you know the next question i was going to ask is what foods are good for iftar and um you know which will make us not feel because i know <laughs> some people and I've been in this situation my, before you eat your favorite foods because you feel like you sacrificed the whole day and then you can't move after that. So maybe you can tell us how to avoid that. So, so yeah, definitely for iftar, when you want to open your fast, I know it's if you set your table and you put all your delicious heavy and protein dense and your fried foods and all the things that you've been craving all day long, you're going to go and take them and start eating them first, right? But the problem is that 75% of Americans are dehydrated. And you add on top of that, that you're fasting and you haven't drank water for 16 plus hours, you're going to definitely be in that 75%, if not worse, right? So what you want to do is you don't want to set your table up with with food first right before suhoor you want to take that 15 minutes <clears throat> instead sit and make dua right because that's the time that you get um your duas are accepted and instead just have like sister tahira said um watermelon juice would be great coconut juice would be great as well coconut water i prefer something warm or hot. So I always have um, hot water or hot tea with a little bit of like cardamom or something to make it um, enjoyable. And I have it ready. And yes, it's we're always told that dates are good, but I prefer to hold the dates off towards the end as a treat. 
to help you digest your food and balance your body. So I would I would focus on just drinking water. And like I said, if you want to make it taste better, you can put um, fruits the night before in your water, set them in the fridge so you get a little bit of a sweet taste to it, right? Um, and you get the benefit of the fruits. Um, but I highly recommend trying to get your body used to warm or hot water, no matter what temperature we're, we're living at, because your body is really hot inside and so you want to make it easy for for it to, to you want to be gentle on your stomach right first thing after opening a fast so get in uh, at least a cup of water before you head off to pray and i and i don't recommend eating anything before you pray your maghrib right take your time pray your maghrib allow your body to know that you had water inside because you know the prophet has told us one third water one-third air, one-third food. So even though our nafs, we want to our, our, we want to listen to our nafs and just our eyes are the first things that want to eat things. And if we allow that to happen, we will like stuff our face before Maghrib prayer. And then a couple of hours later, we'll feel horrible. So let's focus on taking the one-third water in before Maghrib and even after Maghrib. So now you have two cups of water, right? Then you can sit down and calmly, you can focus. By that time, your body, ha like the messages have gone inside your system. Your, your stomach has interacted with your brain and now you know that you are not going to grab the first thing you see. You're gonna take your time, you're going to think about what you really want to eat. You're going to make, make good choices, not bad ones. And you're going to reach for things that are actually healthy for you. But you have to take that step and say, I will not eat anything before Maghrib. And even after Maghrib, I'm going to try to drink some more food, drink some more water or some beverage so that I can slowly ease my body into food. Right? And then when we do start eating, um, it's good to um, focus on things that are, are, are gentle for your body, right? Um, I would highly recommend bone broth or any sort of soup. Bone broth has a lot of amazing benefits that we can go on and on forever. And it's really easy to make at home because I know that this is a huge fad among uh, the non-Muslims. But when you go out there, you can't necessarily purchase the bone broth that they have, right? Um, they don't sacrifice the same meat. So I don't know. When, it's kind of iffy. Can we, can we take the meat from the bone as well? So when you make your meal, whatever it is, and you have bones left over, you just throw them in a bag toss them in the freezer, and then another time, put them in your Instapot, set them for a slow cook for a day. You have the most amazing bone broth, you know, ever the, with the highest nutrition. So you could set that in your fridge and just warm it up. So bone broth is great. Filling up uh, some sort of liquid, which whether it's milk or yogurt with chia seed is also very incredibly rich in nutrients right um this these things that we, that i'm i'm suggesting is not something new it's something that has been tried and tested even like the chia seeds it's been around since the mayan diets right and we know and they they have been 
they've they've tutored their health for the benefit of, from the benefit of these first centuries. And so, why not learn from our ancestors, right? And instead of trying to um, build, create, or a new wheel, which won't really help us, right? Um, and then, after having a, a little bit of soup or a little bit of um, liquid with chia seed or other things, then you can go on to fruits. And I know some some people will feel like, well. What's a great way of, of taking in fruits? Smoothies are great because you can mix it up, fix it the way you like it, add in a natural sweetener if you want, put some uh, almonds and, and nuts in there to keep, keep you full. Um, so then you can have your meal, whatever that is. By that time, you won't want to eat a huge meal. You'll, you'll, you'll have cravings, you'll satisfy your cravings, but you'll keep it small. And one of the really good tips, uh, my teacher, Ustad Almara, um, may Allah bless her, she said, because I'm not a big fan of pakoras and sambosas and, and fried stuff, but, but I know the Muslim community loves those things. You see them in the masjid. You see them everywhere. I would save that one. She said she would, she would make sure that she would have one samosa or one pakora for each person. And after eating all these foods that are good for you, she would go for that one piece of samosa, one piece of pakora, because now you're treating yourself because you've done so well, not just through the fast, but in terms of opening your fast and taking care of your body. And, you know, this is not something that, that I've come up with. The Prophet wasallam in his hadith by Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, the Prophet who has narrated, the Prophet said, there are two blessings in which people incur loss, which means that they allow it, they lose from it, they don't hold on to it. Uh, and it was this was kind of like, I wanna let you guys know, so you don't do this, right? And these two things were good health and your time, right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, gives us good health. And it's uh, our body and our health is in is an amana, right? And we want to hold on to that good health and we want to take care of it because we're going to be responsible. We're going to be accountable for it. Just like if we were to treat our, our friend or our spouse um, oppressively, we're going to be asked about it, right? Same thing with our body. If we abuse our body, because it didn't come abused, it came perfect and beautiful, um, and 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 worked really amazing. If you if you looked at if you look at the body and how it works, you're just amazed by by the creation. You automatically know that there's a Lord. But if we abuse it, we're also going to be accountable. We're also going to be have have to answer to Allah for for not taking care of it. It's an amana. So the two things that the Prophet ﷺ warned us of, of not, um, of incurring loss was time and health. So when we're, we're fasting, let's not abuse our body when we're opening our fast and we're, we're, um, we're breaking our fast and, and eating our iftar. Let's, let's continue to, to worship Allah through opening our fast, right? Yeah, jazakallah khair. That's that's a good reminder, and I think um, um, I know you mentioned about um, 
you know, not breaking with dates. And, and I, I think that stood out for me because it's a sunnah and I thought maybe it was good. Um, I don't, I mean, me also, I, I, I don't love dates, but I eat it because it's a sunnah. So I wondered, is that maybe because, and I know the Prophet also said we can break with water. Um, so yeah. sometimes I think also people take, like it's enough food so you have to have it but if it if it's almost like i know some people they can't even eat dates because it affects them so it's like it's it's almost like a guide right but if it doesn't uh, um if it doesn't go with maybe your digestive system and we never know why right it's it's not like we're doing anything wrong i just wanted to ask you that question because i feel like so, that I'm, that that might be something yeah no really great question so when in terms of dates um Okay, so if we if we lived in in a in a time where we didn't have a lot of food, right? We didn't have a lot of rich food. We 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 didn't always eat. We weren't overweight. We needed the uh, the amazing nutrients and vitamins and minerals and and great stuff that dates offers because dates are one of those amazing things that you need in your diet, but. And it helps us uh, digest things. It's great for our eyes. It's great for our memory. It's great for our bones. It's great for a lot of things. Dates are amazing treats to have. But like the Prophet said, one date, right? Or, or open it with a date. What do we do? <laughs> we have a couple of dates. And then we eat our food. And then we have sugary treats. And then we have more dates, right? So dates are great. But our diet is not, we're not the healthiest people in the world. And our diet is not the best diet or the ideal diet for our body, right? We can still have our date. How about we use it as a dessert towards the end? How about we use it to um, help us digest our food? I, uh, I, I am a total advocate for having one or two dates a day, as long as you don't have diabetes as long as you don't have some sort of um, yeast infection, as long as you don't have um, some sort of health issue that will actually um, harm, you know, the date will harm you and you could avoid that and have something else instead, right? So it depends on your, your, your health issues and, and where you are. If you want to get the most out of fasting, and you want to be able to detox and take out the toxins that you've incurred for decades, then avoiding something that might um, just add on to, to the sugar load because it is filled, it's 60 grams of sugar per date. It's not a bad thing to avoid it. You know, um, the Prophet I remember a time he offered dates to everyone, but he told Ali who to avoid it and not take it because he was not feeling well. So, if you know, you, you should know yourself and you should know, is this going to really harm me? Is this going to help me? Am I going to stop at one or two or am I going to continue to do it? Um, that's, that's the most important thing, right? Wow, that was a, that was a good clarification. I think um, we just sometimes blindly do things because we think that's what we're supposed to do. I know when I would not break my fast with a date, I'd feel so guilty. But sometimes I just did not feel like having a heavy date. You know, it's like, like you said, it's, it's uh, my, my aunts used to always talk about the heat in the body. And I never really understood it. I thought it's like some traditional thing. But 
I hear it more and more and it's so fascinating. But thank you so much for your time, Malia. Um, I know I, I, the only question I think I wanted to ask was what foods to avoid in iftar, but I think you already mentioned that, right? Was there anything else that maybe? Um, there are foods you, you can avoid for iftar. So, so I, I think, I mean, there's, we could talk about this for hours and hours because there's so much to talk about. But if you're short on time, it's totally okay. I, I want to just let everyone know that take, to take advantage of, first of all, your site and, and all the info that you put out there um, selflessly, you know, it's, it's such, an, uh, such a charity and, and to help others. And I, and I think everyone should support you. And you're coming out with a book, mashallah. You know, I've already, I'm, I'm so looking forward to, to getting to read it um, and maybe have like a dozen so I can give out to any of my cousins or, or friends that are going to get married because that's something really is, it's important, right? People need to know, people need to educate themselves, not just go blindly out there and pick something and start learning from them. I mean, you're following the tradition of the Prophet ﷺ. You have knowledge in, in what, you're, what you're writing. Why not, right? Why not support people like you? Um, and I hope that people, that many, whoever's listening or whoever knows does support us because we are making an effort to help. Right. So subscribe, um, follow us. Um, our, our intention is, is really pure to help the ummah and bring them to a healthier and happier and more balanced life. Oh, thank so, you so much. I mean, we can, we can go on forever, but I feel like there's just, it's yeah. just, there's just so much, right? Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. No, true. And, and I know, you know, our, our attention spans, um, especially are, are not, I notice when, when rooms go on for like, and I say rooms because I'm also in a clubhouse, you can see, I notice that, you know, when it gets an hour, we sort of like, okay, it's a lot of information because I it think is. it was a bit of an information overload online. Yes. And so thank you for joining me today on this topic. Um, alhamdulillah. I think this is a very important topic because especially as busy parents, we don't take enough time for um, healthy eating. And I think sometimes we need someone to hold our hand. And that's why I think we can't get enough of this. I was actually watching um, a few videos yesterday myself of what's good foods to stay with you you know so um be putting us and we also ask you to um you know please check out our sites mine is at zakiaali.com and you guys all know where mine is muslimhealthtalk.com so inshallah you've all benefited um keep us in your duas when you open your fasts assalamu alaikum thank you for joining me Maliha Mahmoud on Muslim Health Talk. Please do check us out. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and our website, muslimhealthtalk.com. Assalamu alaikum.